Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramel and welcome to It's Solid Food. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about a sensitive topic, which is abortion. Now we're going to discuss why as Christians, we should take this issue seriously and simply as human beings. I feel that the body of Christ has taken a very passe attitude towards abortion and it's because we don't fully see the children as humans. We can't see their faces. Like other atrocities, we can see the faces of the victims, right? We see the dead bodies, we see the butchered bodies, we see tears. So it pulls at our heartstrings. But with abortion, we don't see the bodies of the dead children. And it com- comes to a point where we just really don't care very much. Also, also, I want to talk about from a spiritual aspect. And that's what I really want to more heavily focus on in this episode, how abortion is really nothing new. The child sacrifice is a very satanic practice, and that's precisely what abortion is. And we need to see it as such. And it's not just about a woman being able to determine her future. It's about killing innocent children. And that's what we need to fight against. And if you claim to be a Christian, you claim you care about justice, and you're not fighting against abortion, then you're a hypocrite. All right, I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. So today's topic falls in with what my shirt says, replace Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood is a leading abortion provider in America. We all know what abortion is. A woman is pregnant. She doesn't want to be a mother. So she decides to hire a doctor to kill her baby. That's what it is. Now, a lot of people like to refer to the child as a fetus. And I've even witnessed some Christians who claim to be against abortion, refers to the child as a fetus. Fetus is simply stage of development. It doesn't denote or acknowledge any bit of humanity. It's simply a stage of development, like teenager or kid or elder. It's just stage of development. It has absolutely nothing to do with the value of the person. However, that is typically used as a way to deny the humanity of the child. And as we see abortion as a political issue, because it's politicians and judges who made decisions that have allowed abortion to become a legal practice in America. Since 1973, when Roe v. Wade became, uh, was, the case was won um, in favor of abortion, we've aborted over like 15 million people. That's a lot of people. And there's so many ramifications to that. Um, one of the ramifications it's a lot of women have health problems behind abortions. A lot of women have a lot of trauma and regret. You, I'm a mother. You know, before I took a pregnancy test with my oldest child, I could feel her life inside of me. I just knew I was pregnant. I could feel her spirit in me. And any woman who denies that she couldn't feel a spiritual connection with her baby because she's dead inside. And she's purposely numbed off her pain, numbed off, not her pain, but numbed off that feeling because it helps you get an abortion. I've talked to many women who've had an abortion and one woman was telling me like you had to cut off a piece of yourself. You had to make yourself dead 
emotionally in order to go through with it because you acknowledge the humanity of the baby. Now we've entered into a point where the church of Satan, um, I'm sorry, the satanic temple, that's different from the church of Satan. They're both Satanists, but two different Satanist groups. But the satanic temple is now considered abortion, a religious ritual. And I'll get into that a little bit later. And that's where we have entered into full-blown paganism in our society. But first, let me address Christians. For Christians to minimize abortion is simply so they can, it's a couple of reasons. One, many Christians vote for politicians who advocate for abortion, and they make these excuses so they can feel comfortable with voting for these politicians. And I'm just so perplexed by that. I'm so perplexed as a Christian. And they do this so they can feel good about themselves because there has to be an inner turmoil. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, and many Christians make the argument that they vote for these pro-abortion candidates because they fight for justice. And I'm like, what is a bigger justice issue than the right to life? Well, I mean, are you, are you on drugs? What can be a bigger issue than the right to life? And the premise of abortion is to kill a baby. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of abortion is to kill a kid. And all these other justice issues are not contingent upon whether or not to kill a person. They're about whether or not either A, due process was done, or B, um, a certain poverty issues, which can lead to death, but they're not necessarily a death sentence in and of itself where the individual isn't powerless to do anything about it. Because in America, most of these people who are in poverty it's because they've made a series of very bad decisions in their lives. So the person played a hand in their predicament. Whereas with abortion, the child is totally innocent. They haven't done anything wrong. The child has done nothing. They played no hand in their demise. They played no choice in the matter. None of us chose to be here. Not one person on planet Earth chose to be here. Nobody. Nobody. The only one who chose to come was Jesus Christ. That's it. No person except for Jesus Christ chose to come here because Jesus is God. That's it. Everybody else, everybody else, our parents brought us here. So with that being said, when a child is snuffed out and their life is taken, for you to claim to be for justice, but yet you will give power to people who advocate for the slaughter of children, then you are about to fall justice. Because if we can't agree on the right to live, then nothing, it, no issue matters. And for Christians to align themselves with people who encourage satanic practices, thinking you're going to solve problems in society, that's foolhardy. It's foolhardy of the highest order. You can't mingle with the devil hoping to do God's work. Let me say that again. You can't mingle with the devil hoping to do God's work. It doesn't work like that. You're reaching into Satan's people looking to fix the issues of God. How? God don't need the devil. And I, and I say that, and I said what I said, and I don't take back my statement. Simply because 
when you can't even agree that a baby have a right to live, how can I work with you on other issues of justice? Because you don't even agree on the most basic issue, and that is how a person can live. Now, I am not saying that you don't socialize with people who believe abortion. I mean, I have friends and family members who think women should be able to get abortion. I firmly believe most of these cases are because these people have had them themselves and they don't want to reconcile with their own choices. That's what's going on in a lot of these issues. A lot of the reasons why you have such many people who don't want to deal with the issue of abortion is because they had it themselves. And so if they acknowledge that abortion is murder, then they will have to acknowledge they are complicit in the death of their child. They have to acknowledge that they participated in killing another person. And that is very difficult. You know, I um, know a couple of people who have committed murder outside of the womb. They murdered other adults. And one of the gentlemen I know is a believer. He is like, I can't even say this person, man's name. Um, and the other person I know, they're not a believer, but they both are like, I can't even say this person's name. I can't, I can't say their name. Um, the one gentleman says he fasts and prays on every anniversary of the, 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 the death of the person, the person whose life he took, the murder, um, who committed murder. He said he had to fast and pray on the anniversary of that. And he's like, I'll never be right. He was 16 years old. Involved in a drug game, one of those types of stories. And he's like, I'll never be right. I took somebody's life. So if you have any semblance of a conscience, you are going to feel really bad about it. However, in order to not care, you have to sear your conscience. And I know one individual I know personally who is a believer and they repent. Um, And I do want to say this. As I use very bold terminology, calling abortion murder, remember this, that God will forgive you. If you repent, um, there's a ministry, I think it's called Rachel's Hope, um, but their whole purpose is to help women and men heal after an abortion. So no matter what you've done, God will forgive you. Let's make that clear. And a lot of people don't like it when I say the word abortion is murder, because you're calling people murder. Let the shoe fall where it may. We're all sinners before God, but I'm not going to deny what abortion is because it makes people uncomfortable. Maybe people should stop doing it. But again, I'm not judge, jury, executioner. I'm simply a messenger. And so we need to call abortion what it is. It is murder. It is homicide. But people have to sear their conscience to practice it. And people have to sear their conscience in order to keep putting these people in power. Because they deny the humanity of the child. And to, and to get an, an indication of how bad it is, President Trump just signed an executive order that if a child survives an abortion, you have to give them life-saving treatment. Do you know many babies survive abortion? They do. Many babies survive abortion. And some of these individuals, they go on to live healthy lives. Some of them have severe deformities from being from attempted abortion. But you have politicians like if you have so many Christians want to sing the to sing the praises of Barack Obama, but when he was the state senator in Illinois, when the vote came up, whether or not to give children life saving treatment, he just wouldn't vote because he's getting people in Planned Parenthood's pockets. He's getting money from them. Most of our politicians are like prostitutes. They're worse. They're worse than prostitutes. They'll do anything for the right amount of money. So we really have to decide whether or not 
if a baby survive abortion, whether or not to give that child life-saving medical treatment. But part of the reason, one, the, they're like, nobody wants to deal with the baby. That was the whole purpose. The purpose was to kill it. Number two, it acknowledges the humanity of the child. Because for so long, the, the tired talking points of the pro-abortion lobby, oh, it's just a clump of cells. It's not really a person. But as we advance in science, and as the stories come out of adults who are like, my mother tried to abort me and I survived and all this stuff like that. Um, it's no longer, you can keep saying it's not a person. Because how did it survive to become an adult if it's not a How can you say that it's not a person? But that it survived and became an adult. You know? So you're no longer at the point where we're arguing about whether or not it's a person. It's that the mother's rights trump that of the child. But that's a false dichotomy. We don't have to pick between a mother and a child. We can nurture both. And a lot of people say, you know, well, you guys are just pro-birth. This shirt, I actually, I got. Actually, I borrowed this shirt from the director of our program. Because I had to go give a, a presentation to seek, um, looking for help and donations and volunteers for our pregnancy center, Stanton, Detroit. If you want to donate, look us up, Stanton, Detroit. Um, but the thing about it is, is that we're out there. And I talked last week, I went to an event and talked to tons of people involved in multiple pregnancy centers around the metro Detroit area. And we don't just advocate for stopping abortion. The pregnancy centers, what we do is when a woman is experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, or maybe an unwanted pregnancy, she comes in, we connect her with resources to help her get on her feet. We provide parenting classes. Uh, a lot of them perform help with like certain medical treatment or certain medical care. Um, also baby clothing, um, connecting her to healthcare resources she needs, all kinds of things. Also counseling, helping her mentally through the process. Um, also, some of them offer like Bible classes in addition to parenting and counseling classes. Um, there's all types of things that they offer. Well, one particular gentleman I was talking to who had a, they have a, a health uh, a pregnancy center and it was a young woman, actually a teenage girl who was 15 years old came in and she was going to get her fourth abortion. But for some reason, uh, she changed her mind with that one, 15 years old. She's about to get her fourth abortion and come to find out that she was part of some gang, that the gang was like pimping her out and would have her sleep with all the men in the gang and they would constantly like, run trains on her. And she just kept getting pregnant, of course. And um, 15 years old. Just think about that. You have to ask yourself, if she's 15 years old on her fourth pregnancy, this must have been happening since she was like 13 years old. This and, and Planned Parenthood covers these things up. You know how many sex abuse victims come into the abortion clinic and they just cover it up? And so with the pregnancy centers, they actually help the girl get out of the situation so she doesn't keep getting abused. So when people use these stupid lying talking points, and I think that are Christians saying that, and it's just so grotesque, and they, they are so full of pride, and they are so hot up to prostitute themselves for these liberal politicians that they will sit here and parrot Satan's lies to justify them helping baby killers. That's this is what's going on. And I'm not about to shy away from that. You got Christians who want to justify their support for the murder of children so they parent the devil's lies. See, even anytime you have to justify death, you necessarily mingle it with Satan. Whenever you justify death, you mingling with mingling, mingling with Satan. 
And when I say justify death, let me let me be very clear. There are cases where death, you justify taking somebody's life. Not an unborn baby. Like if you break into my house or try to kidnap my kid, you know, I'm going to kill you. Flat out. Flat out. I will seek, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try to disarm you. I'm not going to try to stop you. I'm about to try to kill you, period. Because you are trying to cause me or my children immediate harm. Now, we're not talking about you're saving someone from an adult trying to kill somebody. Now, we're talking about, now we're talking about, talking about anytime you try to justify the death or of an innocent baby or any type of satanic practice in order to feel good about, um, giving people power, you're mingling with the devil. And now we're at a point now where you have politicians advocating for abortion till birth. Till birth. Till birth. And people are so dishonest. And of course, if people are going to kill babies, of course they're going to lie. If killing isn't beneath you, why would lying be? That's like the people from the Church of Satan in the Satanic Temple. I would, I, I always said before, I would sit with anybody uh, I will hang around anybody depending on what they're doing. You know, um, I'm, I'm not, even though I'm very strong in my beliefs, but I'm not afraid to mingle with other people and talk with them. Um, the only people I probably will struggle with having a conversation with are people like from the Church of Satan or the Tannic Temple because the very, in the title, their whole point is deception. So when you're dealing with people who operate from a standpoint of deception and dishonesty, how can you have a conversation with them? Because their whole goal is to be deceptive. Um... Nevertheless, nevertheless, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But what I was saying is that just it's a satanic practice. Oh, I was saying abortion till birth. That's what I was talking about. So um, people will say, well, you know, like Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they didn't say they support abortion till birth. They just say they support abortion without restrictions. Same thing. If I say you can go over your friend's house or I say you can go anywhere you want. Well, naturally, it's implied in my statement, you can go anywhere that you want, that you can go to your friend's house. So I don't need to explicitly state you can go to your friend's house. It's already a given when I say you can go anywhere you want. So the same is true when they say abortion without restriction. That necessarily includes abortion till birth. And, and that's a problem. And we're, so we're talking about a fully viable human being. Think about how wicked that is. A fully viable baby. Fully viable, fully healthy, just kill it because the mother doesn't want to. And, and, and in the New York law, when you begin to read through it, they say, oh, well, it's between a woman and her doctor and she's having medical problems. Well, what you guys are thinking of is like a case where the doctor might say, like, well, the baby's dying and the baby's dying and it's, and it's causing health problems in the woman or whatever no medical problems include psychological and emotional problems so it could just simply be i'm depressed and i don't want it that's a depression is actually a, a classified as a medical problem it's a psychological problem but i could say i have anxiety i'm having panic attacks and i feel like i'm having a heart attack that's a medical issue psychological and medical issues are not separate because the mind and body are totally connected so a person can be having a mental problem and say they're having some kind of mental problem from the pregnancy. And by law in New York, if she is 38 weeks pregnant and claims she's having a mental problem, she can go get an abortion. 
It can be anything. I can tell my stress levels, stress levels are high. Folks, that is completely insane. Completely insane. People are aborting fully viable, healthy children. And the baby feels it. The baby feels it. That's the kicker. They feel it. They feel it. It's unreal. And, 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 I, and I shared this before. Some of the most sad women you ever want to meet are women who've had abortions and never went on to have children. There's women who are still hurting from their abortion 30 years ago. People, and you got people want to act like getting abortion is getting your tooth pulled. Then why does it cause so much pain and sadness? I was listening to a vlogger. She's a travel vlogger. Talk about her abortion experience. And she was saying like the ultrasound from when she had her, the ultrasound of her child. She said, I carry it with me everywhere I go. Do people carry the x-ray from their tooth that they got pulled out of their mouth everywhere they go? Do people carry the, the, um, the MRI? From their cancer biopsy? No. No. She's like, she, she's like, that's her picture of her baby. So you acknowledging the kid is a person. So we now we in a point in society we just killing people because it's convenient? Folks, that's wickedness. And then let's not forget that these abortion clinics, they sell the body parts. They sell the body parts for all kind of medical treatment. Um, and I was reading about, like with STEM Express, how their goal is to come in as fast as possible to harvest the organs. Sometimes a child is still alive. As I told you before, the kids many times survive abortion. And one of the reasons why they don't want to give it medical treatment so they can harvest the organs. That's a lot of money. So not only do they want to Planned Parenthood, how Planned Parenthood is able to still be a 501c3 is amazing to me. Because they donate money to politicians. And they run a profit model, a for-profit model. They charge the women to get abortion. And in order they want for some time for us to pay. So they get money for providing an abortion. Then they get more money by selling the organs of the child. And if you know anything about organ harvesting, whether it's from an aborted child or just say an adult who died, your goal is to harvest those organs as quickly as possible. The fresher, the better. Because as soon as somebody dies, then there is like cellular death starts to kick in. So cellular death starts to kick in, and so then naturally the organs start to die. And so you want to get those organs out as fast as possible, so hopefully they're still viable and of use. And they literally sell the organs. And for all the people singing the praises of Kamala Harris, she's the one that came after Center for Medical Progress by exposing this stuff at the behest of Planned Parenthood. And these organizations want to pretend they don't know who this group is, but yet at their abortion conferences, they're there. So again, I don't understand how any person professing the name of Christ can get behind these people. And do not tell me you're for justice because you're not. You're only for what makes you feel good. And so you downplay the humanity of the child. And, and, I, and I see these stupid ads for these, I'm a pro-life Christian for Biden. Just shut up. You are a fool. And I stand by my statement. I don't care. 
I could still like a person and think they a fool. I mean that. You're not about to tell me that you're a Christian and you pro-life, but yet you're going to vote for pro-abortion candidates. Why is my hair sticking up like this? It looks so crazy. I don't know. That's Anybody got curly hair? No. Curly hair can sometimes have a mind of its own. It's like one curl. Two curls want to keep sticking up crazy. I don't know what's going on. If you're watching the video, not listen to the podcast, you'll know. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, is that how can you say I'm pro, I'm pro-life? I want to stop the evil of abortion and and ignore all the ramifications of abortion. When you ign- promote or endorse or vote for these candidates to support abortion. And, and they say the dumbest things like we want to bring decorum back in the White House. Decorum? Baby killing, killing babies? That's decorum? Killing babies is integrity? That's what's wrong with most Christians. They all all talk, all outside with no substance. You're jelly in the inside. Uh, you're jelly in the inside. You're like the pretty wedding cake that I spit out my mouth. That's what you are. You're jelly in the inside. And I will stand by that because it's time out for us playing around. You know, Paul rebuked Peter. I can still see you as a brother and sister in Christ and rebuke your behavior because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm rebuking you. Because you're not going to sit here and minimize abortion to feel good about voting for these pro-death candidates. You're not. So if you ever want to get an inclination from us, um, scripturally speaking, about how God feels about um, unborn children. Here are some Bible verses about it. In Isaiah 44, 2, thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from your womb, from the womb. Pause, folks. Who are we to destroy what God has formed? Scripture makes it clear that God formed us in the womb. So God formed the baby in the womb, but you will tell me it's okay for a human to come around and destroy what God has formed? You want to tell me as a Christian that you want to give power to people to destroy who openly advocate for destroying what God has formed? Really? Okay, it says, Informed you in a womb. Who will help you? Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Jeremiah 20, 17. Because he did not kill me before birth. Notice, because he did not kill me before birth. You can't kill what's not alive. So this acknowledges the humanity of the child. That that's a lie. That's a life. Just because I haven't crossed through the barrier of my mother's vagina or cervix, that doesn't mean that I'm not alive. That doesn't mean I'm not a human. Because you did not kill me before birth, so that my mother would have been my grave and her womb ever pregnant. For you formed my inner parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Again, acknowledging the humanity of the child. Who are we as humans to destroy what God has created, knitted, and made? That's sinful. That's one of the reasons why gluttony is a sin. Because you're destroying what God has made. Ecclesiastes 11.5 just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Again, God formed. 
God formed us. God made us. God made that unborn baby. Yes, human had a hand in it. But by God's sovereign, sovereign authority, he permitted the child to be nurtured in the womb of the mother. He knitted the mother, the baby together. You don't have a right to kill the baby. Job 10, 19. I should have been as though I had not been carried from womb to tomb. Exodus 21, 22. If men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she give birth prematurely, if there is no injury, he shall surely be fine as the woman's husband is deemed of it and shall pay at the judge's side. And it goes on to say, too, that if a, if the baby dies, then the men are to be put to death. So right there, and for people to act like, well, she didn't consent to it. The problem is the child dying. That's the problem. Whether or not she agreed to it is irrelevant. The issue is the child dying. Psalm 51.5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Psalm 139.13-6, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's, you wove me in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully and wrought in the deepest in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written. The days were ordained to for me. At when as yet there was not one of them. And you guys are maybe wondering, why am I going through this? Because I'm appealing to you as Christians. Again, this is for Christians I'm speaking to. I'm not speaking to non-Christians. I'm speaking to Christians. You claim you're Christian. You claim you believe in the Bible. And it's clear throughout scripture that unborn children are still children. They're just having crossed through the barrier of their mother's cervix. <sighs> Psalm 49.1, listen to me, O islands, and pay and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Excuse me, Jeremiah 1.5. This is Jeremiah 1.5. Before that was Isaiah 49.1. This is Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then Luke 1, 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that talks about, of course, uh, when Elizabeth, which is John the Baptist's mother, uh, was Mary's cousin. So Jesus and, of course, John the Baptist were cousins. And John the Baptist, as a baby, was excited when he uh, sensed uh, Jesus in Mary's womb. My point is this. These scriptures are important for us to acknowledge that the child is a human being. The child was made by God and no human has a right to destroy what God has made. And that child life matters. Child life begins at the point of conception. Period. Now for the second half of the show, I'm going to discuss how abortion is child sacrifice and how it's really a satanic practice. Um, one of the things I heard, I heard John MacArthur say that America is no longer, our society is not, we're no longer postmodern. Because postmodern was the idea that truth is relative and truth is interpretive and 
truth can't be defined and and we want to redefine reality and redefine words and you know people saying stupid stuff like you know um gender is a social construct not rooted in reality and blah 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 so they basically are trying to unpin reality um and he said we move from that point to just paganism and i believe that our society is straight up pagan um, when I say a site, I mean our mainstream culture was being promoted in the public square. It's just paganism. Um, and most people don't see it as such. And I think postmodernism, modernism, skepticism, all kind of primed us to be asleep and not see the paganism that's happening before us, or we downplayed it just a few little crazy people. The world is inherently spiritual. The foundation of what something is, is ultimately what it truly, truly is. And this world is spiritual. The physical part is a part of it, but it's ultimately spiritual. Because the spiritual world is the only is, is what's truly real in the, in the absolute sense. The physical world is filled with illusions. You know, Ephesians 6.12, we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spirits. And so with that being said, um, in our society, we have embraced a naturalist view, even a lot of Christians. We don't realize it, but we have. We must understand that Satan's goal is to get us to go to hell, however he may do that. And in the West, and in America specifically, which my audience is mostly from in America, we have embraced this idea that the supernatural world isn't real. Um, or we've even, to some extent, embraced like a deist view, which a lot of our founding fathers were deists. That they believe God existed, but they feel like God just kind of walked away and kind of left everything to its own devices. So that's the kind of world we operate in, where God is real, even though there are people who profess Christians, but they function as deists. It's like, yeah, God is real. I believe in God and all that. But the spiritual world and spirits and manifesting spirits and demons and angels and all that, that's silly talk. Like, oh, yeah, I know they're real, but they don't really fool with us. They kind of got something else going on. Negative, that's not true. There are spirits all around us. We just can't see them. They're everywhere. We just, just we can't. We can't see on in that dimension. So Satan, being the crafty little devil he is, he's not going to do a lot of overtly, I'm not going to say overtly, very overt and obvious supernatural acts in our presence because that is going to crack our deist attitude because if I'm starting to see demons and all kind of crazy supernatural events like the case in Indianapolis and this was a crazy case it was a case in Indianapolis where it was a, a case of demon possession and and it like it was in the Indianapolis Star and even the police officers were attesting to stuff like no we saw this I mean even the hospital social worker when they, the boy was just, one of the children was just really doing all kind of bizarre stuff. And so they took, the mom took him to the hospital and the hospital social workers were sitting in the room trying to interview the boy. And then like, he literally walked up the wall backwards. 
There's no person who can walk up a wall, let alone the little boy walked up the wall backwards and they just jetted out of the room. So when you have police officers, nurses and doctors and hospital social workers like, no, this is some kind of spiritual entity that has inhabited this child. This kid is demon possessed. And they're like, we at the house and all kind of stuff happening. That's why I made the Indianapolis Star because you're, you're not going to believe that the doctors, nurses, social workers, and police officers were all in cahoots to make up this false story. So when people see darkness, they know there's light. We crave light. So when people experience or see these kind of demonic activity, they necessarily go, okay, well, then God must be real. So maybe all the stories about God and Jesus weren't fake. It wasn't just something my mother told me to make me act good. Maybe God is real. Maybe the Bible is true. So it, it, growing up in a society that claims Christianity, naturally, that's what people are going to gravitate to. So it behooves Satan to not allow us to see the spiritual world because um, spiritual demonic activity, because it will necessarily push people back to the child, their, their roots of what they were taught as a child. I hope that makes sense. But if we're just seeing the world, living in the world is functioning as the deist perspective that we're going to go on and many people are not going to have a relationship with God and they're going to kind of like, whatever, I don't know about this religion stuff. Like, okay, whatever. So why am I telling you this? As, but that isn't sustainable because humans crave supernatural relationships. So in America, people are getting into witchcraft, paganism, and other kinds of things like that because people want supernatural connection, but they don't want accountability. People don't like accountability because, see, as a Christian, I have to be accountable to God. Like, I have a phrase. This is my model for life. If, it ain't, if it's not a sin, I'm in. For real, that's my life model. If it's not a sin, I'm in. If it's not a sin and I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Okay, but operative word, operative phrase, if it's not a sin. And that's the first part. If something is sinful, then I cannot do it. I'm not going to do it. So with that being said, people don't want that. Because there's things, all of us struggle. As I say all the time, the life of a Christian is not one of perfection, but repentance. And so as a Christian, when I do something wrong, or I'm having like um, a Galatians 4 moment, where I'm having, I believe it might be Galatians 4, I believe, yeah, it's Galatians 4, where I'm sitting here and my spirit and my flesh are like, come on, you know, I want to do something. I want to do this. And I've had that. Like my flesh is like, come on, fun. Come on, let's do this. And my spirit is like, no, that's wrong. People don't like that. They want to just give in to the flesh. But they still want that spirit fed. So they go to witchcraft and paganism and new age and all this other stuff. That's why they do it. So that necessarily leads you down the road to witchcraft and all kinds of Satanism, all kinds of other stuff. Because the reason why witchcraft is so popular is because, see, when you're dealing with new age, the taught new age theology, if you will, um, it necessarily leads you to paganism. Because it, it with the new age thought or new age religion, it's more about manifesting. It's like you're God. You are a God, you know, that type of idea. Um, 
but it's the new age movement is rooted, is rooted in witchcraft. If you do like Helena Blavatsky and all these other people, if you study what these people taught, they were they were just all into occultic practices. But now people are just getting into straight up witchcraft because it allows you to manipulate the spirit world. And people are getting to things like Ifa and voodoo and Santeria. And like I've talked about before with Beyonce and her latest album, Black is King, it was just straight up witchcraft. She's obviously, she's a practitioner of Ifa. I didn't know like Ayana Van Zandt, who people, like Ayana fixed my life. She's a, she's a, a, a Ifa priestess. You know, so a lot of these people, they, um, they practice these satanic practices and they're being marketed to the mainstream culture as ways to grow and ways to be spiritual on your terms. So paganism is getting more and more and more acceptable. So you can see as our society is becoming more and more pagan, that's how people are to have this callous attitude towards abortion. That's why I did a quick deviation. Now let me get back on my road. I had to pick up a few things first for my trip, okay? Because the thing about it is, is that for a long time, we were taught that abortion, it was just a clump of cells. So I talked to one lady who had a couple of abortions. She thought, I just thought it was a clump of cells. I just thought it was a few clumps of cells. She didn't understand what was really happening because that's what we were told. But now as we've advanced in science, now as we know that that's really not true, it's, it's, it's the baby, it's formed, it's just developing. A little teeny little baby, like little little tiny baby. It's not a clump of cells. So what happens is though, but at simultaneously our society is becoming more and more pagan. So as we grow information and say, oh wait a minute, this is a baby, this is a person, but we've also embraced paganism, it's easy for us to sear our hearts and say, I don't care if it's a baby. For me. So now abortion is becoming a is, is child sacrifice. It's child sacrifice. Because the God you are sacrificing child to is yourself. False gods come in all forms. False gods aren't necessarily only demonic entities. When you read, oh my goodness, folks, one of the things I'm going to talk about in another episode, maybe for Friday's episode, I want to get into how the pagan religions are all the same. They all have a pantheon of thunder. Like I was reading the other day about like a Japanese thunder god and all this stuff. This is just, they're all demons. People are just worshiping demons. They just got different names because they're in different countries. But I want to do an episode about that. But nevertheless, it doesn't have to be just sacrificing a, a child to a demon. The false god doesn't just, false gods aren't only demons. They're idols, whatever that idol may be. And in America, because we are we function as deists in a way, many regards, the idol is us. We are the idol. You see even a lot of Christian theology where it's all about me getting stuff from God. Now you're the idol. You're the, you're the center of your focus. Instead of God being the center of the focus, you're the center of the focus. And everything you do claiming for God is really to seek some reward. I mean, there's nothing we're wrong with wanting a reward or expecting some kind of like, if I am obedient to God, I will have peace and I'm not going to worry about it because he will eventually work things out. Working things out doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what I want, but God is in control, so I'm not going to worry about it. There's nothing wrong with having a spirit of expectation, but not a spirit of demand where I'm only seeking God to get what I want. Because then still, you're the idol because you're the center of the focus. God has to be the center of the focus. 
So in a culture where we are the center of the focus, we are the God that we worship, and therefore we're the God that we're sacrificing the child to. See, when people in other cultures, when they engage in child sacrifice, they didn't just sacrifice the child for the sake of bloodshed. They sacrificed the child because they were hoping to get prosperity. And that's precisely why people have abortion now, because I'm not ready. I don't want to have a baby. I don't feel like it. I don't have time. I want to make more money. I want my freedom. So you're sacrificing that child hoping to get something out of their death, which is your freedom, your happiness, your prosperity. But when people sacrifice the gods to their babies to Baal and Molech, they did it to get something in return. They didn't just do it for no reason. They were hoping to get money, prosperity, uh, wealth, uh, for, and especially in agrarian, uh, I suppose agrarian, I said the word wrong, excuse me, societies where they're hoping to get rain or their crops to grow, whatever. So let's talk, as the scriptures talks about this. Now, a couple, uh, uh, let me just start with this one. Leviticus 18.21. You should not give any of your offspring, excuse me, you should not give any of your offsprings to the offering or to offer them to Molech. Nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. 2 Kings 16.3 But he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and even made his son pass through the fire, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the sons of Israel. Now, really quick, I want to point this out just for the sake of clarity. In the scripture, when he used the term pass through the fire, sometimes it means specifically burning the child, like literally setting the kid on fire. Other times it was like a ceremony where they would walk through a fire. It's something like they would walk through a fire somehow and the child would not be physically damaged, but it was like initiation into a pagan religion. And the reason why, now I am not a Hebrew scholar. So if I mispronounce this Hebrew word, don't shoot me down or think I'm ignorant because I can't pronounce a Hebrew word. I don't speak Hebrew. The word is laha avir ba'esh. Probably said it wrong. So in scripture, whether they were just talking about passing the kid through the fire or like in the kid will be alive and unharmed physically, but spiritually because their parent has initiated them into some kind of pagan uh, demonic um, um, order or the child was literally set on fire, that word would be used. So just for our sake of clarity, because you'll hear people try to point that out. And it is, it is we do want to be accurate, but as I continue, you will see clear in scripture, there are instances where the kid was literally set on fire. Um, Second Chronicles 28.3, moreover, he burned incense in the valley of Ben-Hanon and burned his sons. So there it says burned. Burned his sons in the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the sons of Israel. Second Kings 17.17, 17, then he made they then they made their sons and daughters pass through the fire and practice divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him. So again, it was nothing new. So they will participate in either A, having their kids pass through the fire, or B, literally setting their kids on fire to initiate into some kind of demonic. So it appears that when the kids were passed through the fire, that it was initiation into a demonic uh, order. Uh, when the kids were literally sat on fire, it was to offer them up to receive, hopefully receive some kind of blessing. And I use those air quotes really hard um, from this demonic entity that they worship. Second Kings 
21.6, he made his sons pass through the fire, practice witchcraft, and use divination, and dealt with mediums and spiritists. Uh, Second Chronicles 33.6, he made his sons pass through the fire in the Valley of Behenna, and he practiced witchcraft and divination, practiced sorcery, and dealt with mediums and spirits. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking his anger. Jeremiah 7.31, they have built high places in the Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnon, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, which I did not command them to do. It come come into my mind. And so one of the problems that was happening too in Israel, they were engaging in pagan practices, claiming to do it for God. That was actually happening as well. Ezekiel 16, 20 through 21. Moreover, you took your sons and daughters whom you have born to me and sacrificed them to idols to be devoured. Where are your harlotries? So small a matter, you slaughtered my children and offered them up to idols, causing them to pass through the fire. So, as we see, that term is interchangeable. Verses 19, Jeremiah 19, 5, and built high places to, bought, to Baal and burned their sons in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal. A thing which I have never commanded, nor spoke of, nor did I enter my mind. So, as we can see through scripture, it's happened a lot where they people would sacrifice their kids in the fire. This was a massive problem, or they would simply have their kids pass through fire. So we don't always know which one was which. However, we do know, and I say we don't always know, but the ones where it explicitly says they burned the children or they slaughtered their children, and we know the child died. Um, but the thing about it is this was a common practice to sacrifice the child for the, the self. Now, this gets to the point of the Satanic Temple. Now, the Satanic Temple wanted to put some billboards up outside of pregnancy centers. And they went to a company called Lamarck. And I'm sure anyone driving ever looked at Lamar, excuse me, Lamar Advertising has, and kudos to Lamar Advertising for having some decency. Don't know their beliefs. Don't know if they're Christian or not, but they at least have some decency. Um... So the Satanic Temple, the Christian Post is reporting that the Satanic Temple filed a lawsuit against the advertising company for refusing to display billboards promoting abortion as a sacred religious ritual that averts many state restrictions. Salem, Massachusetts-based the Satanic Temple filed this filed the suit against Louisiana-based Lamar Advertising, which said it would not display eight billboards near pro-life pregnancy centers in Arkansas and Indiana to promote the temple's ritual that is part of the religious reproductive rights campaign launched in early August. Uh, the Satanic Temple suit claims that the company's refusal amounts to religious discrimination. Lamar said it found the contents of the ads misleading and offensive. One of the ads showed a bowl of baked cake batter with the words, not cake, alongside with the image of a sperm and egg with not a baby. Read next to it, the ad boasts, our religious abortion ritual averts many states' restrictions. While it is understandable to be concerned with forcing a private entity to engage in speech or conduct it objects, the scenario is different. The Satanic Temple co-founder, Lucian Graves, said in a press release, Lamar initially agreed to work with us and uh, their rejection appears to be religiously based. In addition, they have a virtual monopoly on certain regions and they go on to say that's why they found it unfair. And they're trying to use the U.S. Religious Freedom Restoration Act to their benefit. And what's interesting, so I went to the Satanic Temple website, and their big thing is thyself is thy master. And so I watched a video where they're explaining um, that the abortion is a religious ritual. 
And if the video is really creepy. Now, of course, you could say, what's well, the satanic temple? What do you expect? But it was very, they were using a lot of child imagery. It was really kind of sick because they were using a lot of like childlike imagery and playing like childlike music and having like characters go across the screen. And as they were saying that it's a religious and a spiritual ritual, and it was so interesting is that you have the Church of Satan who build themselves as actually uh, worshiping Satan. The satanic temple is like, they more so worship themselves. It's kind of weird, but they still are following Satan, however they try to build it. But they try to play themselves off as being not really following Satan, that Satan is an idea, not an entity. But they're Satanists, so we expect them to lie. Because they're talking about how abortion is a spiritual act, how it's affirming, how it um, helps liberate women. How So they want women to get pregnant and go get an abortion as a religious ritual that is supposedly spiritually edified and help the woman feel that thyself is thy master. And it's kind of like the ultimate show of power and control over my life to get an abortion. So it's a very spiritual and religious ritual for them to go and have a woman get an abortion. It's very clear and obvious to anybody that it's extremely demonic. But it's just like everything I mentioned in scripture just a few moments ago where um, these people were killing their kids or making the pass with a fire. They were sacrificing their kids for their own demonic goals. Um, and that's what's going on right now with Satanic Temple because I remember reading a while ago um, a man who's a former member of the Satanic Temple, I believe he's a Christian now, because I'm pretty positive he's a Christian now, only because the story about him was featured in a Christian um, newspaper where he was talking about and saying how the Satanic Temple uh, uses abortion as a religious ritual. And a lot of, uh, I won't say a lot, but there are many abortion doctors who are Satanists. Um, so a lot of, because I don't, you can't be a Christian and abortion doctor. You cannot, you can call yourself, I can call myself Korean. I can call myself a man. I can call myself whatever I want to call myself. It doesn't make it so. Uh, so I don't, you can't be an abortion doctor and a Christian. It's impossible. Holy Spirit does not live there. Um, does not, not live, but dwell, shall I say, you know. But nevertheless, um, he was talking about how, um, a lot of these abortion clinics were ran by Satanists and a lot of um, abortion doctors are Satanists. So they would like have actual rituals um, after hours um, with the abortion. So it was like a ritual process. Um, in addition to the fact, oftentimes they want to keep the remains for some type of ritual purpose. Um, and I believe it was in Indiana where they sued because they want to keep the remains of the child for some kind of ritual. So it, it's really sick. It's super sick. But this is the world we live in. So, you know, as Christians, we need to stand up against abortion. This is the greatest crime of our nation's history. When you, the, the, I heard someone say, the measure of a society is how they treat its weakest member. There is no member of our society more weak than an unborn baby. And we have got to a point in our society that we permit, we celebrate, we encourage the murder of children to free and edify and liberate ourselves. Now, even though many people may not maybe repulse, even more many are pro-abortion people may be and ain't like that. I'm not pro-abortion, I'm pro-choice, you know. Like you say stupid little lines like that, but many of the people, um many of the people 
they would be repulsed if they heard Church of Satan video or the Satanic Temple, excuse me. However, their concept is still the same. It's still thyself is thy master. And since thyself is thy master, I don't care what the word of God says. I actually respect the Satanists more than the professing Christian. Because at least they're consistent. Because the whole premise you're making is thyself is thy master. I am my master. It's my body. I don't care what the word of God says. I am the master. And I will kill the baby. How are you any different than the satanic temple person? You're just not using the verbiage. Folks, we got to vote pro-life. The lives of children depend on it. And what you guys don't, don't understand it, even though you say, well, they can't overturn Roe v. Wade. That's to go to the Supreme Court. But guess what? They can still place abortion restrictions. They can still place restrictions where the woman has to see ultrasound. Where she has to listen to the heartbeat of the baby. Where they can't abort a baby who has the heartbeat. That still saves kids' lives. Dollars going to a pregnancy crisis pregnancy center to actually help women get on their feet. So when people say stuff like, you guys are just pro-birth, that is a lie from the pits of hell. It's from your father, the devil. Because that's not true. We are out in the community doing the work. That's half of the reason I'm so tired now, trying to, I'm sleepy. I'm actually quite tired right now. But we are always busy trying to fight for the lives of children. And you can donate to our group, Stanton Detroit. And I didn't make this video to ask for donations for our group, but I figured since I'm making a video, I might mention it. But you don't have to. Look and look at the look at the Friday Pregnancy Center in your community. Donate time. Volunteer. Donate clothes. If you know a nonprofit that could maybe help these women get on their feet, by all means. People act like unless I vote for liberal policies that tax us to death, that means I don't care about people. That's such a false dichotomy that I, and not even a false dichotomy, it's such a false premise that I, this is the way I have to care about people. That's not the only way. Did you tell me the only way I can truly care about people vote for these crazy liberal politicians? That's crap. That's crap. It's so many ways to care about people. And the first way is to care about them when they're at their weakest, which is in their mother's stomach. All right, so this has been Insala Food. Thank you for listening to my show. I greatly appreciate it. You can check out my website at www.christinacaramo.com. Also, I'm on Instagram at Karamo the Great. That's Karamo the and G-R and the number eight. And I'm on Facebook and YouTube at the Christina Karamo Project. And remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Vote life in 2020. Toodles. Bye.